Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for checking out the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Thanks to our fantastic listeners and sponsors for their great support. As always, you have questions or comments, please send them to info at theabstractathlete.com. Make sure to listen to our upcoming new podcast on the TAA Network. One is called The Abstract Doctors Podcast with Dr. G and Dr. C. And follow us on social media under The Abstract Doctors. And make sure to check out One Man's Ethos Podcast with Tony Mandrich. Follow us at One Man's Ethos. And you can also follow, follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich. And you can also check out his artwork, his amazing photographs at TonyMandrich.com. Stop by our website, TheAbstractAthlete.com, for information on upcoming events, podcasts, workshops, and subscription boxes. And do not forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Really excited to talk with this super rad dude today, Dean Dickinson. Going to chat about his BMXing, particularly pool riding, and how it influenced him and his path. Also going to talk about his incredible video and photographic work and his love of music, especially The Doors. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Dean Dickinson underscore. That's D-E-A-N-D-I-C-K-I-N-S-O-N underscore. Also wanted to give a huge thank you to Dean's buddy Kyle Shutt for providing music for today's podcast. And you can follow him on Instagram at Kyle Shutt. That's K-Y-L-E-S-H-U-T-T. Let's welcome Dean Dickens. Teaching, right? Yep. Uh, so this was our first official week back as far as virtual teaching. Um, for this school year, we obviously started um, in the in the spring of last year or last school year. And um, no, now- I, te- I teach it at um, at Virginia Commonwealth. So like I, we're probably in the total same boat as just like, okay, holy shit, we got to teach art online. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of navigating through it and setting up all the zoom meetings and class activities. And it's, it's a trip. So each and yeah, the, the schedule is totally different. It's just a totally different dynamic. And, and yeah, there are some advantages and some excitement, but I do definitely miss being in the actual classroom. So I've actually been in my classroom teaching but without any students. Oh, so. whoa. Okay. So you're okay. Oh, cause well, that makes sense with all the, the, uh, materials there and all the, the equipment. Exactly. I just do better. I perform better when I'm in the office, when I'm in my classroom and yep. I have all my materials accessible. I have my, my computer station and then I have another laptop that I work off and it's nice. And there's a couple other people in the building too. So I get to collaborate and connect with them and that's been really beneficial as well. And we started, by the way. Okay, right. <laughs> Shit, we just like jump right in. I'm like, <laughs> um, well, thank you for coming on, though, dude. Like, cause it's, you know, we we connected with with Rick in in a really f- kind of a funny way, and then found out a guy that I actually went. Well, he was younger than me, but I was actually in high school with his sister, Brenda Lyons. Uh, Todd Lyons is her brother. So he was a little younger. So it's like this whole BMX connection. And, and like one of the things like, you know, that I think is really cool about you is like, you know, you're a BMX guy, but you're also a photographer and videographer. So like, cause a lot of what we talk about and want to talk about is that connection between art and athletics and how, like one of the things that I think is has always been interesting to me is like, you know, BMX guys and, and skate skate guys and, and and snowboarders, whatever, you know, like X game guys, they never get the credit for being athletes, you know, which I think is just like really interesting because Jesus, you guys are just like insane. Like watching videos of you in like you're you're really well known for 
writing in pools, correct? Like yeah, and 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 you still ride, but like you're also really well known for your videos. I think probably more for the videos than you are for photographs. Although you did a really cool that that book you did. I don't remember what year it was. Um, the hundred pool book that that I think is just like, to me, I I mean, I love shit like that where it's connections to, to place. And I, like, I, you know, not to talk about me, but like I drive out West every summer because I live out on the East coast and, and just like every time I go out, out to the West and, and anywhere, like I just have this, this distinct sense of place. And so like when that, when I saw that book, it's just like, Whoa, this is like, so cool and it's probably like really resonates with a lot of the guys you still ride with i assume and feel free to just riff dude like this is just a this is a free form conversation by the way <laughs> yeah and it's great that's the beautiful thing about bmx is being open-minded being creative connecting collaborating with people in your own neighborhood virtually through social media apps and then getting in the rig just like you said and traveling across country And I've been lucky enough to just absolutely fall head over heels with bike riding and have been completely open-minded to anything like-minded or, or whatever I find along the journey. And so I've been lucky enough because when I was younger, it all just kind of came in at the exact same time as far as finding bike riding, fighting video and photography and, and producing events and then teaching and traveling and music and all of it. It's just all connected if you're open-minded to it. And, and if you have a free spirit, it, it can guide you through, you know, all sorts of things, depression and anxiety yep. and mental health and everything else. And I think that's something really important to talk about. And kind of like what you said before is a lot of BMXers or, or extreme sports, if you want to call it that. Um, these athletes are never acknowledged for, for some of the challenges that challenges that they have and some of the angst and hearing some of the stories because extreme sports or whatever action sports, whatever you want to call it, are kind of the unsung heroes in a lot of ways, athletically, creatively, um, even through marketing, even if you want to look at it from a brand perspective. So, uh, I love it. I absolutely love the cultures that it's integrated with and, and the social acceptance is cool too, to an extent, you know, there were parts of it, parts of me like when things were dead and and liked (laughs) when it wasn't out there for everyone and it felt really special. But at the same time, I love the, I love the idea that a kid can go to a public skate park on a BMX bike and be welcomed and not have beer bottles thrown at him or, or, or the same for riding in the streets and the same for checking out swimming pools. There is some acceptance and I, I think that's good. I, I think it's good for things to be core because that's such a big part of the culture is just do it yourself, hop over the fence and get yeah. in and get out. Um, but at the same time, I think acceptance and in- inclusion is good for, for everyone. You have to be a badass teacher. Like you have to like connect to students because you still have a young. I mean, I hate to say it like this because I. I mean, I feel like the same way for me because I still have a young mind. I, I think that that's kind of embedded within like an art culture because um, we both teach art. You teach photography, um, but it's it's you know like that idea of like they they look at you and like wait a minute, holy shit, you used to, you ride, you know, like, I mean, that has to be like, a, I mean, like literally like half the thing for me with students is like connecting to them and like letting them, like, you're not this stodgy old jackass that is like, Oh, you have to do it this way. And it's like, you're like, no, like, why don't you like try something and do something and play with that and blah, you know, it's like that to me, like that's when the inspiration comes in and the way that culture changes and i mean like you know like that's bigger than all of us but uh i think that's like pretty badass did you like i assume you grew up writing did you always like were you always into like photography and videography and like that stuff as well was that like just part of your youth yeah that's a great question it's 
it all kind of happened at once. I went through the whole team sports system and I've been athletic my entire life. My dad was really athletic, my family. I played baseball, basketball, wrestling, swimming, hunting, fishing, motorcycle, <laughs> obviously. Right. Uh, and there's tons more beyond that as well. So I had a lot of energy. I was very adventurous. I liked, uh, I was an adrenaline junkie, if you want to call it that. And during that process, I played a lot of baseball and I enjoyed that. But I remember, I remember a distinct moment. I was playing a game and I wasn't pitching. I was a pitcher and they had another pitcher um, on the mound. And I think we got like 10 run in one inning. And I looked over and I saw my best friend, Spencer and Austin McCabe, and they just gotten brand new Hoffman bikes. And uh, there was, there was a dirt mound right there for excess dirt for the batter's box and the field and prep work and all that. And they had built a lip and they're just hauling ass and blasting this lip. <laughs> on the brand new Chrome Hoffman George juniors. And I was just like, damn, I want to do that. That looks so much cooler. And, and see, I was, stayed in baseball. That was, and that was a turning point for me in a lot of ways. Obviously I finished the season and, and this and that, but after that, I was just like, that's what I want to do. That's yep. what I'm going to do. And we had DMX bikes and growing up, like evil Knievel was such a huge influence for me. My uncle Dan, is a huge motorcycle fanatic and I borrowed the evil Knievel's greatest hits and I tried to emulate his jumping and this and that. I didn't have a whole lot of resources. Totally do it yourself. I would build these little sketchy jumps on my own. Well, shit. Evil Knievel started out that way too, though, man. Like he was like, there was a, that documentary. I can't remember the name being evil Knievel or whatever it was called. Just like understanding like what he went through, like was, is pretty insane. He's yeah. like full go. He's like, ah, we're going to just do this. And, and I don't care what happens. <laughs> it's like, all right. But that's, he had that, that spirit, like, you know, like, which I think is pretty badass. I agree. That spirit was really, I, I think about him on a weekly basis as far as inspiration and riding. Um, not to knock current state of BMX or anything else, but I get more pumped up watching old Evil Knievel jumps. Uh, and it kind of brings me back to when I was a kid and seeing that and just hearing the guy and hearing his interviews was such a trip. It's just like there were times where he knew he was going to slam, but he was like, you know, I have integrity. There is a, a stadium with 30,000 people here. Yeah. I'm going to send it because I'm a man of my word and hell be it. And, and that was something that really resonated with me. I was just like, here's a guy that is going against the odds, even even if he had to bet on himself, he would bet against himself, but he had the drive, the integrity and the business savvy to really promote himself. And that was something that I thought was really cool too. And that was a huge driving force to me as a kid and getting interested in, in BMX and, and just having some grit, you know, and the do it yourself mentality is something that I've always gravitated towards because I don't know. That's, that's just what you do when, when there isn't a whole lot of resources and you want to accomplish dreams that you already have or build into something bigger and better than you can envision. No, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it makes me think about that documentary, whatever the hell the name of that is, that thinking about what, what evil Knievel was doing, didn't Travis Pastrana like do a bunch of evil Knievel's jumps didn't he like recreate them? But it's like the difference is like, you know, they're like doing computer like wind direction and all this shit. And like Evil Knievel's like, just put the buses there. We're going to fucking jump. <laughs> it was just like the dude was just like crazy. Like, I mean, I remember watching watching those like jumping over like the Grand Canyon or whatever the hell he did. Like, it, like he just like, okay, put the ramp up. We're going, you know, it, it, it just it, it's insanity. But to look back at it, but like you in some ways, I'll never forget that guy. Like he was yeah. on a different plane. And I agree. It's just, there's no comparison to him for what he did then versus the guys. Now it's almost like comparing Babe Ruth to like Mark McGuire or, or Barry Bonds or guys that obviously juiced and used yeah. supplements to enhance their performance, which is whatever. But 
Babe Ruth would go out and party all night on a bender and show up half drunk. And, <laughs> and then eat and then eat like five hot dogs and and hit six yeah. home runs. And yeah, has <laughs> so much character and charisma, and I I just gravitated towards genuine and authentic figures, larger than life. And I was lucky enough to go through team sports and then apply that energy into bike riding. I don't ride anything like Evil Knievel whatsoever, and I just used that grit and inspiration to riding backyard pools. Right. And uh, I think it's good to have heroes. I think to surround yourself around people that inspire you and that you look up to is essential to success and growth. It's just like if you're at the gym and you're on a treadmill and someone next to you is just kind of putting around, you know, eating a bag of Doritos, that might hinder some of your development, yep. just like education and everything else. Do you bring that some of that, like, into your classroom? Cause I assume you do like, because that, again, there's, there is like a certain energy to teaching to me. I mean, to me, it's like, I think the cool part is like, I can speak to a student athlete and say, I played baseball in college and I was redshirted. I understand the daily grind of being this and doing this but I can also talk about being an artist and like what the importance is of having like thinking of creativity, like you would exercise every day physically that is. And so I, I'm, I'm assuming like I can tell, like you have like a, a good vibe about like you, that you probably bring that kind of energy into a class. Yeah. It's all about body, mind, spirit. You have yeah. to take care of your temple yourself and, whatever routine that is work with what you have and, and, and put in an effort to it. It's funny. Like, as we talk about athletes and creatives, um, a couple of years back, I was filming at X games at Staples center when they did it at Staples center. And, uh, I was assisting and working with a buddy of mine, Justin Cosman, and, uh, we were creating content for the ESPN website for the time being. And, um, Across the deck was a gentleman with a long telephoto lens. I think he had a couple other fish eyes and everything else. And he looked really out of place. Um, those events, you you get all sorts of people kind of walking in. You get celebrities. You get Kanye West. You get all sorts of mayhem, good and bad. And uh, so we're there, and there's this guy on the deck, and he's like three feet taller than everyone else and um, just looked like a dad. He just looked like a, a dad like a dad cam, but he had a really nice gear and, and he was observant and I was kind of checking him out. My buddy's like, Hey, do you know who that, who that is? I was like, no, the guy looks really out of place. He's like, that's Randy Johnson. I was going to, I was literally going to say, is that Randy Johnson? Yep. Yeah. So, and then he was like, do you know who Randy Johnson is? I was like, Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Washington with the Seattle Mariners during the, the Griffey. Yep. And uh, I, I uh, played Alex against Griffey in high school, actually. Wow. Yeah. Really cool. One of my favorite baseball players. Of the time. But I was just, I was checking him out. And then after that, I followed up on his work all yep. the time, checking out his website. And I think he's a prime example and just kind of reading about him and his interests in music and photography and being an incredible athlete and, and being open, being open. He talked about living in Seattle, Washington and loving the grunge music and, and loving the weather and shooting photos and, and I think that's incredible. I think I think every athlete should take an art class. I uh, really do. I think everyone should take an art class. Yep. I'm a huge advocate for for creativity and art. But I think especially athletes. I think because if you have a creative mind, you're gonna think of creative solutions to overcome whatever challenges that may be. And that could be a play in football, that could be a personal goal, whatever that may be. If you're connecting the dots in challenging circumstances you're going to have great results and i think creativity is all about that if if you allow it even just with covid and the restrictions that we have i've been seeing all sorts of creativity oh and that's a, that's you're, you're speaking exactly what we do um like we're we're connecting those dots and actually through this the abstract athlete like i created a program at virginia commonwealth called arts and athletics so it's really truly about bringing people from this side of the pendulum and people from this side of the pendulum and throwing them into a room together 
and, and talking about creativity and like what it can do. And so like, you know, I have right now, I'm, I have a student texting me that's in my art and athletics class. That's an athlete. And that it's a Friday night at almost eight o'clock on the East coast. And that to me is epic because it's like, they're buying into that shit and yeah. which they should be like, is it, so you like, I, I, no, we, we work with a guy. Um, do you remember Tony Mandrich football player from Sounds familiar? Yeah. Big, huge guy, but he, he lives out in Phoenix where, where Randy Johnson is. And it's like, you know, Tony Mandrich is like, you know, big six foot four, former football player. And he said they were, he never met Randy, but they were at a football game, a high school football game both just photographing friends, kids or something like that. And he looked over and then like, there's a six foot nine guy over there photographing. He's like, that guy looks out of place. Kind of like what you were saying. And they literally, you know, here's two former highest level athletes in their sports. They didn't talk one second about sports. They talked about photography. And that to me is badass because like it, Randy's not doing it as a hobby. He loves it. Like, Tony's not doing it as a hobby. It's that he loves it. And finding those things, like if you become the highest level athlete in your sport, like you're lucky to play 15 years at the greatest amount. Like, and then what do you do? And like creativity is like such this incredible fall. I don't want to say it. It's a fallback thing but because it's not, but it's like, it's this thing you can do the rest of your life. And like, yet you still ride. Like I still play, play sports, but still the create the creative thing is the thing now. And it's, it's just kind of a, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I always preach to these, these student athletes. It's like, if you're lucky enough to play at the highest level, it's, it's short lived. And like, what are you going to do then? Like you might have a shitload of money, which is, you know, I can be great, I guess, if you, you know, like do it well, yeah. but it's like, do something you love. And it's just like, you don't want to sit at a desk. You don't want to do like pick up a paintbrush, pick up a, a camera, like, and yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just funny. Like to hear that, <laughs> that story. No, and I, I agree. And I have to have a tough conversation with a lot of kids and just people in general. It's just like, realistically, most people do not find major, major, major success. Ma most people do not find commercial success in yep. whatever avenue that they explore because it's a rat race and there's a lot of things going against you but if you find peace and beauty in everywhere you go every day is a win it's it's not financial gain it's not yep. blog impressions or youtube subscribers or anything like that and that's a tough conversation i have to have with my students all the time it's like they're like, I want to be a vlogger. I was like, okay, what do you do? What What is your skill set? What is the draw for people to come to you? And they don't really have a whole lot of response. Maybe it's makeup. Maybe they collect sneakers or this or that. And I'm like, okay, well, look at all the people that you're competing with. Yep. And that's great. You can do this as a hobby. But if you're looking for success based on impressions, likes, or financial gain, that's a tough route to go because you're never going to be fulfilled yep. and and so for me it's like even as a kid i remember when i picked up bike riding and my parents talked about sports and college and this and that and i, I didn't go that route obviously but i remember thinking about bike riding and seeing guys like lee ramsdale and guys that are just totally eating it and having the time of their life and they don't care if they finish first or last in in a contest they're creating funny videos, they're characters. And I was just like, I'm probably never going to be a, a professional bike rider or, or, or anything like that. And I remember even seeing and reading interviews of guys like, yeah, I make 200 bucks a month. Yep. And I'm just like, there's no money in this. Who? All right. <laughs> this is great. Like that dream is, is shattered, but I, I never even had time to even really process that. So then that was never even an option. It's almost like the early eighties, um, indie rock and, and punk rock movement to where these bands were like, we're never going to play in an arena. We're never going to be on the radio. We're going to have fun with this because we enjoy it and we have something to say and, and, yep. and we're going to run it. Do you so, play uh, music as well? I don't, okay. but uh, I have a lot of friends that do. Yeah. And I lived in Austin, Texas and I worked a lot of the music festivals. Oh, nice. Like, South by Southwest fun, stuff. South by Southwest, fun, fun, fun fest. And I did a, 
a lot of BMX um, management as far as uh, events out there when I was living in Texas. So I worked with a lot of creatives and, and musicians and I really enjoyed that. How, I mean, like, what was it like for you, like growing up, like loving BMX stuff and like now you're, you, you do ride with kind of maybe some of the heroes that you grew up with. Like that's even at this age, that's still kind of, and they're probably your friends at this point. Like, I mean, like I know Rick is like, and that's kind of badass. It's like, you're just like, you're just my buddy and we love the same shit. And, and you know, we can, we can talk about writing but we can also talk about these creative entities and like that's going to be kind of like that's the the thing that i think is really cool about being an artist or creative when you actually take that dive into it because there's no job at the end of the rainbow like you have to actually carve your own path and like you really truly have you know navigated what from what i can tell like you know from reading stuff like you're doing what you want to do and that's that's pretty badass. And that's, again, like that's another selling point to students to me is like, or any, it's not just students. It's like, it's really anybody that, you know, wants to listen, which is always, you know, like the difficult part, but like that has to be like a really, your journey is like really cool, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm extremely fortunate for the path that I've gone and where I'm continuing. I guess as a kid, I just gravitated towards inspiration and, and what got me stoked. Is that a punk rock show or is that hitchhiking or is that jumping out of a moving vehicle or riding a bike or, or going to a sports arena? And so for me, I, I, long story, but when, when I was a freshman in high school, I ruptured my spleen and uh, it was a pretty serious ordeal. I was in ICU for multiple days. I almost died. I was in the hospital and they, they thought I was, I was done. So, um, so after that experience, I was like, okay, I got through that. Like, let's just live life to the fullest because you never know when it's, when your time is up. And yep. in a lot of ways you're in control and a lot of ways you're not. So I just try and have meaningful interactions, be around meaningful people and spend quality time. And especially with age now, it's just like, I've been putting in a lot of hours at work and when I get home, I'm hanging out with my lady, my dog, my family and my close, close friends. And then I'm setting up the next trip to, to link up with some of my heroes. And you know, that's Rick and rooftop and Matt Hoffman. And I've been lucky enough to just meet a lot of people along the way. And, and yeah, I don't know. Like I've just, I guess I do what I do because I enjoy it. And it's, it, it's just like breathing or drinking water or food. It's like, you have to do it. It's not thought about. It's just, it, it's what you do to survive. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that not a lot of people like that. I think you're, you know, what you just said is actually inspiring. And I think people need to hear that because some people just don't. And, and it's not, like, you know, like it's not about personalities or whatever. And I, like, I do realize like a lot of people like are shy or they're insecure and stuff, but it's, it's actually just taking that leap to actually do something. Um, yeah. And I know that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it's easy. Um, but I, I think it's like really cool because again, like just reading a lot about like what you have done and what you're doing, it just feels to me like, shit man like you're you're like really you're living it and 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 i think that that's a testament to who you are uh you know which i did again like you know i just think that that shit's cool because i i don't know that a lot of people do and and again like that's not to like shit on anybody else because circumstances do like dictate some people's life which sucks but it, it, it yeah Wanted to take a quick break. Make sure to follow Dean on Instagram at Dean Dickinson underscore D-E-A-N-D-I-C-K-I-N-S-O-N underscore. And also, uh, music today was provided by his buddy Kyle Schutt. And you can follow him on Instagram at Kyle Schutt. Make sure again to listen to our upcoming podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. Follow us on at theabstractdoctors.com and social media under 
the Abstract Doctors and One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandridge, which you can follow on Instagram at One Man's Ethos. And also check out Tony's artwork at TonyMandridge.com. And you can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge. Now back to Dean. videos that you've done um and really really dig them but like who like who are like your inspirations like like maybe photographers but maybe you know videographers or um i mean i think the bike writers like you've mentioned some of them that i would assume like hoffman obviously there was an article i read about you like that first time you saw a, a hoffman bike or something that that it's just like well you know that that <laughs> the stars like started appearing but like in in terms of like the creative side like like did you look up to anybody like growing up that like inspired you like i mean it can even be like a, a like a, like a major filmmaker yeah. or whatever so no definitely i was lucky enough to be raised by two incredible parents um and their family dynamic was such a trip Long story short, um, my parents were kind of conservative, AKA redneck at times, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> right. But then they were, they had this hippie side to them. My dad took tons of psychedelics. My dad um, is very quiet, reserved and stoic, but his imagination is, is a beautiful place. And he's probably one of the most intelligent people I've ever met without a ton of education beyond high school out formal education outside of high school. And he was and, a builder, uh, correct? Did I? Yeah. So construction, so non-union, yeah. uh, uh, concrete finisher right. is an entire life. So his way of logistics, as far as, you know, shooting out mud and, and, and doing concrete, it, it really takes a lot of intelligence to, to make that happen. My dad's done thousands, if not and millions. The sad um, part of like the sad part about that is people think that those people are fucking idiots. Oh, you know my what God. I mean? My dad is one of the most intelligent people I've ever yeah. met. My dad will look at the sun and tell you what time it is, no matter what time of year in the Pacific Northwest and be within three minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. It's That's insane. awesome. He's fished his whole life. So I was lucky enough to be raised around them. And then my mom was, was Catholic, obviously very, um, very involved with her beliefs in that system. And so, yeah, that dynamic was really, really interesting uh, to be around. And so I'm sorry, what was the original question? <laughs> no, no, it's inspiration in terms of like maybe okay, here we go. photographers. So anyway, or I, I like the, where the story was going. It's cool. My parents, my parents and my family obviously inspired me, but my dad was also really into music as well. And the first music that I ever remember hearing was the doors break on through and uh, he used to jam out to the doors all the time. And when you're like two and a half, three years old, listening to a full record on vinyl, blasting the doors, that's pretty trippy stuff in a yes, way. And that's, that's anywhere between like writers on a storm when the music's over unknown soldier. Um, obviously like light my fire, that's a little bit more poppy, but yeah. there's some kind of heavy artistic poetic songs. So we would listen to music and that was such a creative space for me. So, you know, my favorite band of all time is the doors oh, that's and that's awesome. <laughs> music I ever heard and, and I'll never forget that moment. And so that was a huge driving force to me music because, uh, music just gets me going every day, no matter what my mood is, I can find a song that matches where I'm at and where I'd like to go or, or explore. And so uh, music was a huge inspiration to me and music videos, uh, Nickelodeon, Ren and Stimpy, like just <laughs> ridiculous yeah. stuff. Um, and then as far as like creativity and film, like, I don't know. It, I, I really enjoy documentaries. I, I seek out documentaries quite a bit. Music is a huge driving force to me. Um, and then my friends really yeah. are biggest driving force. And then skateboarding culture, bike riding culture. There's a ton of guys that are doing it. So I just try and surround myself and feed off 
energy that inspires me. And when I lived in Austin, Texas, we'd go to shows three to five days a week and feed off that energy. Or we would go to Tim Kerr art show in Austin and Matt would drive down and we would check that out. Or we would go and ride a pool with some, some local skateboarders. And so, yeah, my inspiration comes around my heroes. Uh, Like, again, I think that's like, it totally makes sense in, in regards to like the stuff that I read that, that you really are like genuinely connected and genuine in your feelings about the, the people that you associate yourself with, I think. And again, this is just stuff that I've read, but it's, I, you know, like I take that, take that to heart. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that that's like really cool because I think it makes it, it makes it more honest, I guess. You know, like, because that connectedness that you have with your friends that, you know, you've used the word energy a couple of times. And I, like, I'm very, I'm very connected to like the ideas of energy and how like things kind of operate. Um, And I, I think you can see it. Like I can, you know, in, in, in some of the videos that I, that I saw, what was uh, the one you mentioned uh, um, the Nancy Reagan I can't remember the name. Oh, uh, PSA. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, I, like I, there's just, there's this rawness um, that I think that you capture, which makes sense to the rawness of what you're seeing and experiencing. And like those things don't need, I mean, it is, it is punk in a sense. It's like the, the funny thing is like, I, you know, thinking about music and I remember the first time that I heard, like, I, you know, I remember Nirvana Bleach because I used to work in a record store. But I remember the first time that that Nevermind came out and listening to that. And it sounded so different to everybody. But if you listen to it now, that thing is so polished. And yeah. like when Bleach, I mean, it's true, like, but it was so different that it just, it just sounded different. But if you listen to like Bleach comp- compared to, to Nevermind, like it's such a difference of... of the the mixing and the production values because i think they just knew like this is nirvana's got this thing that's like holy shit this is so different and listening to you know like the grunge scene and but listening to like a pearl jam next to like green river or uh or even mother love bone or or sonic youth and like listening to the the ones that are the rawer ones compared to the more produced ones, but even the produced ones, because we were coming out of hair metal at that point. So it was just like, even the produced ones sounded so different than anything that was going on. And so like thinking about like how you're navigating into that raw space and, and what I perceive as like when, you know, your, your videos and I want, I totally want to get that book because I just, I love, seeing those images and and just kind of that i use the word nakedness of that that space and that that visual element that i think is just it 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 allows the viewer to actually be there and which i think is such a hard thing to do in in an artistic form is like when you when you bring the viewer to that space is just like that's it's guttural Yeah, that's a trip Uh, nowadays just with social media and content and and emojis and apps that clean up your blemishes and and bring in your hips and your wrinkles and all this stuff. It's just nothing feels genuine, authentic and real, which is a scary thing for me. Um, So I've never been good at being perfect. I've never been able to do that creatively, um, even in the classroom, you know, I make mistakes. I'm very transparent with my students and I'm, I'm real. And it's funny because when I first started teaching, I tried to be like some of the teachers that I really looked up to in the first couple months. And then I was like, this doesn't work. I have to be myself. I have to run with my own spirit, like a, like a wild horse should be able to go at its own pace and be beautiful and and authentic in its own way. And once I started to be more myself, the better my instructions was because it was, it was authentic. It was real. And so as, as art within bike riding, all of it, I've just 
I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the people I'm around. I enjoy the music I listen to and what inspires me. And it's an incredible experience. It was never thought out. I, it was just like, this is awesome. I'm doing it. It wasn't now it's like, everything is so strategically planned. It's like, you're looking at the seasons, you're looking at what days in um, social media. Everything is about branding. Everything is about. And I think that's awesome. I actually think it's really cool that everyone is so great at branding themselves. And don't get me wrong. We're, we're all a part of that. We're, we all have an audience. If, if we allow ourselves, we, we have a voice. And I think that, that has some significance and I think some some thought into that is is important but at the same time like it's tough because it feels like no one does anything for fun or yeah. no one does anything I and I know I'm making a very no I, I literally just had this conversation in my class the other night because I do I agree like I 100% agree it's like we we were just you know like that rigidity of everything and I was like, I said that exact same thing almost. It's like, you guys, it's, it's okay to like to do this. Yeah. You can enjoy this. Yeah. And, and that's the class, you know, I, and, and don't, don't freak out. All, I, all I'm asking you is to figure out something that you're interested in, in terms of like create, whether it's writing music, poems, painting, drawing, taking photographs. I don't care. Like, we'll talk about that. We'll find that space you're allowed to enjoy that. You're allowed to like that. You, you can spend all the rest of your time being stressed out with, with, you know, like school and, and, and athletics and life. I mean, life is stressful as shit right now. Let's be honest. Like yeah. this is something that you can enjoy and should. So I like, no, I'm, I appreciate you saying that because I think it gets lost. I think just finding peace in yourself, your surroundings, and the things that make you feel good, no matter what, even if you suck at it. Yep. I I tried surfing a couple times this summer, and it was an incredible experience. And I sucked at it. I was a total goon. Right. Board was flying out. There's little kids and getting knocked over in the waves and cutting people off, and it was amazing. It felt great to be a goon and a kid all over again. Right. And I don't give two shits if I don't look cool or if I don't have that great selfie photo in the board and, <laughs> and the beautiful water and, and have the GoPro shot. It's just like, I'm gooning it out on the biggest freaking boat board you can find and having a blast. And the same thing with skateboarding. I cruise around my neighborhood. I don't know how to ollie. I can't, I can barely kick turn yeah. and I have a blast just cruising my neighborhood. And there's, there's no like beautiful sunset shot of me surfing the sidewalk in the streets it's just like i can't do that i suck like maybe i can i can do that later but it's fun to suck at stuff it's fun to not know what you're doing and i think that's the sad thing is is people limit themselves because they don't know how to do it and they're scared to see i always bring and it's funny because you you played baseball and you'll you'll appreciate this and understand this is i always bring baseball into that because if you are the best baseball player in the world, you are failing 70% of the time. And that is, and I try to like bring that to people. It's like, it is okay to suck, to mess yeah. up, to fa- fail sounds like it's a bad thing. I don't mean it like that, but it's like, it is okay to try something and, and make mistakes and, and mess up and fall and do, you know, like that stupid cliche, get back you know, get back up and get up back on the board or get back, you know, back on the bike or whatever. And it's like, just do it. Like, and not to sound like a Nike ad, but yeah, you know. no, it's, it's simplistic. And it's so funny that I kind of, in a way took bike riding for granted. I didn't realize that having bike riding, having skateboarding and video and a creative outlet was so beneficial to my my journey and my development as, as a human being. And, uh, it's scary that people, they don't want to try anything new. They don't want to suck. They don't want to be, everyone wants to be cool. Everyone wants, um, gratification, constant, instant gratification. And it's just like, your life is going to be extremely limited if that's 
how you weigh success and your importance and your happiness. And uh, I think just resilience and, and grit is so important, but it's hard to find in, in this world that we live in for especially kids nowadays. Um, just grit. I was lucky enough to have some pretty intense uh, injuries when I was younger, just like my spleen the year before that I broke my elbow and had a blood clot in my leg and almost oh, lost my leg. So during that process, I was thinking, okay, I might lose my leg. What can I do? And I was like, you know, I'll boogie board. I love Hawaii. And I did a lot of boogie boarding when growing up in Hawaii. And uh, I can do that. Or maybe I could skateboard. I don't know. One leg. I, I could do I could do some stuff on my bike. Yep. And that was my thought process. It wasn't like. It wasn't the negative half, side. Yeah. Is the glass half full or half empty? It's definitely half full. Yep. You know, I, my heart's still beating. I still have a my fingers and some yep. of my toes, you know, yep. like, was- no. And I think I, you know, like right now with the COVID stuff, I, th- I think having a positive optimistic person is important because there's just, there's so much negativity and so much just gloom and doom in the world right now. Like, and it's hard. Like I, I, I'm, I'm known as an optimistic person myself and like people come to me all the time and like, so it's, it does like wear on me, but at the same time, it's just like, I need to like project that shit because we need like positive energy and, and that projection of like, things are going to be okay, man. Like, it's like, this is just a time like, and it sucks and it sucks for everybody. Like, but we're going to get on the, on the other side of this and we're going to get back to like the cool shit, you know? Yeah, kind of to piggyback off what you had to say earlier. It's funny, like talking about my upbringing. So my mom is one of the most optimistic, supported, loving, caring people I've ever met. And then my dad is one of the most realistic people I've ever met in my entire life. His sense of logistics, if something's going to work out or not, is unreal. Right. Because of working in concrete, hunting and fishing his whole life. So I kind of have that myself. At times I can seem kind of negative because I'm breaking down logistics and coming from a production standpoint, I feel like I'm 60% on the management um, producer side. And then the other 40% is extremely creative, but I always end up in those producer um, roles because I see the big picture. I think of logistics. I think about how many hours of sunshine do we have? What's the weather going to look like? Where is our next location? Is there food along the way? What do we have? (laughs) Who's on crew? So I end up taking those roles because some people are, are nervous to, to, to do that. And I get it. But then I have that 40% of me where it's so optimistic, so creative and bike riding does that for me. Riding pools. I will say riding pools. I am the most optimistic. That's the most optimistic point I am in my entire day or life in general because I'm so obsessed with pools right. that I'll do whatever I can to, to ride it. Obviously not as bad as when I was younger, I would hop over any fence, even if they were <laughs> right. eating dinner, I would hop a fence and ride a pool right. and I, I didn't care if they were there or not. And now I, I'm not, I, I'm a little bit <laughs> wiser than that because you know, getting older arrested. sucks. Dude. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've had guns pulled on me. I've been oh, arrested. Shit. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you, you gotta be smart. And so for me, it's like, I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. I'm going to move on to something else. Yeah. Well, let, I mean, we'll, we can start like sort of wrapping stuff up. We always like try to ask these kind of random fun, sort of goofy ass questions, but like you, we've been, we've been talking about music a little bit. Like who, like I, this, I hate this question. So I'm sorry I'm asking this, but like, what are your favorite bands? Like what, like what are the, I know that, see, that's like, it's so ridiculous to ask that question, yeah. but. Um, I've gone to hundreds and hundreds, maybe if not thousands of shows yeah. when I was first concert I ever went to, it's semi embarrassing, but semi awesome was, uh, no doubt and Weezer. <laughs> nice. And that was an incredible show. Right. And, and dad waited in line for us at GI Joe's and, and got the tickets. And from that point on, I was. I was lucky enough living just outside of Portland and me and my friends, we would hitchhike to shows. We would ride our bikes to shows being across the river. And uh, so I was lucky enough to, I've seen so many bands, so many incredible artists. Yep. Um, yeah. Like I said, the doors, that's yep. 
if I had to pick one band for the rest of my life, it'd be the doors. Yeah. Without a doubt. I, I'm, I'm right there it's with funny. you, man. I'll go, I'll go a year without listening, listening to them. That's, that's how much I love them because I can come back to them and it, it doesn't change. Oh, no. I, but the energy. I a hundred percent agree. Like I, the doors are like top, top three for me as well. I, they're so interesting to me because I've done that same thing. It's like where you just stop listening to them for a while and then you start listening to them again. And it's like, it's so fresh. It yeah. never is not fresh. Like it's, it's so bizarre. I, I watched that. I, like I've probably watched that damn documentary on them 20 times. And it's still to this day is just insane to watch it. No, I agree. I actually have it right here. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, I've read his book. I've read the book. You know, I'm. I'm a. Do you ever? Fan. Do you ever like think about? Because I, I, like, what? What the hell would Jimi Hendrix be doing now? Like, what the hell would would Jim Morrison be doing now if he was still alive? Like, I, 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 I hate. It's not a hindsight thing, yeah. but it's just like I just I do wonder what they would be doing, like musically. Yeah, I've never. To tell you the truth, I've never thought about that. Oh, that's, sorry. That's, <laughs> Sorry for but, doing yeah, that. <laughs> I guess I guess other other groups too. Um, it, it's weird because I feel like I'll get really into like a subculture. My my the music that I'm really into is '70s rock and roll, punk rock, glam, uh, garage rock. Those are the the genres that I really dig. Yep. And I'll have periods of time that I I really listen to an album or a record. But as far as like live performing shows i would say the spits are probably some of my favorite music coming from seattle and i've seen them in portland i've seen them in austin uh sean i think might still live in 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 austin as well so i've been lucky enough to have met him and work some events with him as well as see some of their bands or some of their their shows uh the dirty fences they're friends of ours they're um originally from boston living in new york they're freaking rad and uh yeah, I always come back to just some of the classics as well. Um, I don't know, as far as like inspiration, like Motorhead, Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> nice. Just yeah. time I can, I can hear that. And then Dead Boys and just 77 Punk. A lot of the 77 bands just put out like one seven inch and had a couple rad songs and then that was it. Right. So there's tons of those. But lately I've been listening to a lot of glam, glam punk. Um, that could be like, Sweet, oh, yeah. uh, scary glitter. Um, Going old school, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the other one that I've been listening? Sweets, to? like sweets, a badass man, man. Oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. So I've been kind of digging the glam stuff. When I was living in Austin, there was an incredible DJ. His name's Ben Tipton, and he used to play the most obscure glam punk albums. Um, and it was it was in, incredible, like Wicked Lester of uh, Kiss, yep. the band before Kiss, and uh, it was incredible. So I've been kind of digging some of that stuff—the '77 rock and roll, punk rock, glam stuff that you've never heard of. Yep. So oh, I probably haven't. I see. I, like I said, I worked in a record store forever. Like I've heard more music than most people even know. Well, it's different now because like when I worked in a record store, there was no such thing as iTunes or or any of this shit. Where it's like that idea of like you can listen to anything at any point in time. Like it's crazy to me. I mean, I love it as a musician. It's completely bizarre because when my band recorded music back in 1997 or whenever the hell it was, you know, how much money we spent in a studio and now like you can do it in your basement and it sounds better. Like, it's just, it's crazy. You know, I don't know about better, but you know, like it sounds different. I'll just say that, but it's, it's just, everything like you know is kind of like, like what you were talking about everything just ch- changes i mean you know like life changes but it's does it make it better or worse i you know i don't know it's just different and and being in a being in a in a you know a million dollar studio and recording still to me is pretty badass than like belting out some tunes in my basement um yeah but i don't know i i'm that's the one thing like i think i miss the most right now with COVID is not being able to go see bands live. Like that's honestly, that's my biggest thing with COVID has obviously created some challenges and and limitations and living here in Portland. I, 
I've always loved the music scene here for even when there's a lot of bands or there isn't that many, you go and support the, the local ones because they're the ones keeping it going. And I really do miss that living in Portland, dead moon. That's another band that really, oh, yeah, dead moon. yeah. is uh, being able to see them live was so incredible. And obviously Fred passed away just a couple of years yep. ago, but, uh, seeing um, Pierce Darrow's and then Kelly is in a band called um, Jenny Don't the Spurs. That's like their country rock and roll band. Okay. And uh, I miss that. I miss that so much. COVID, I've, I'm still riding pools. I'm going to some skate parks. I'm trying to social distance to an extent um, and, and be mindful of everyone's space. But uh, music is really yep. what I miss. That's the driving force. I can go a year, years without watching BMX videos. Um, but I go to a show and I'm, I'm instantly inspired to ride and travel. And do you do ever that. like, is that, is that something you'd be interested in, in a, in a project in terms of filming, like, like not necessarily a documentary. Cause you did say you're like really interested in documentaries. Like, would you ever like film like a documentary on a band that you'd be like super interested yeah, in? Yeah, it would, it would be incredible. Um, a year or two ago, my buddy, uh, Kyle shut from, uh, the sword, he came through Portland and uh, I shot a music video with him oh, cool. and incredible. And it was just all still photos. So I shot thousands of photos at the show and then we just put it in a really fast slideshow all the way through. Nice. And that really got me stoked in, and they opened up for this band electric six and I absolutely oh, yeah. love electric six. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. And just, just the whole energy of the show was just incredible. And it's just like, damn, it would be so <laughs> sick to shoot a super eight music video or a small mini narrative documentary or something with, with one of my friends bands. So that's right. something I've been open to. Uh, if bike riding hadn't come in like it did before, I would have gone the music route oh, without cool. it. Like yeah. me and my friends were like trying to form music and play songs and, and start bands. And we had no skills. We had a bong. <laughs> we had, we had half a drum set. We had no PA and then we had um, uh, yeah, a beat up guitar and that was it. And and that was incredible. I think that's how Kiss started. So. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> started out as a folk band yeah. and then ended up yeah. being a that's not like you just do like what I did. I, I can't play. Any, well, I mean, I have a guitar over here, but I, I can fiddle, but I don't play anything, but I have, I sing and I've like shit in my head all the time. Like that's uh, the thing. Like technology is like now I can sit here on my computer on GarageBand and compose entire songs and send them to friends and go, can you play this? And, and like if we would have had that, you know, 20 years ago when I was in a band, we probably would have put out like five albums because like, I just constantly have like shit in my head and I would go down and practice with my bandmates and I'd go, do, 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 do. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, you're an idiot. Like you can't. And so, you know, so I never like had any like relationship to writing the music. I would just write the lyrics and, and the melody lines. But now it's like, I mean, I, I like, I've written like 30 songs on garage band in the last wow. four years. And it's just like, just like pumping stuff out and, and they're pretty well crafted and it, but it's, I love it and I hate it because I hate that idea that I don't know how to play, like literally play an instrument, but yet I have these songs and it's, it's just crazy to me. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. So, so I don't know, but what, like what, maybe the last like wrap up kind of question, like is like, what is, do you like filming Cause you've done stuff with the X games. You've done stuff with ESPN. Do you like doing that stuff more or less than like your, I, I assume it's your own stuff. Like when you're like making your own like movies, but I mean like there's something that's probably super energetic to doing the, 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 the X games and, and ESPN. I mean the documentary styled stuff, I guess. Yeah. So um, for years I freelanced with, with ESPN and the X games for a number of years. And I was lucky enough to be friends with one of the, the content producers, Brian Tunney. And he was so supportive of everything that I did. He just kind of let me run with it for their online content for their website because they needed content. They needed people out there and shooting. So in a lot of ways, those projects already felt personalized because I would pitch the ideas to him 
and they would run with it. So I don't know. I feel like I've, like I've done commercial work and, and all that. I obviously enjoy doing my own personal projects, but they get really expensive and stressful. But then when you work with a client, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, we're fed well and we're put up <laughs> right. in a hotel or, or Airbnb. And this is great. So they both have their advantages. You know, people will always talk crap on commercial work and be like, well, you know, I'm, this is my day rate I'm, I'm taking care of. And yep. their follow-up is great. And I send them deliverables. So I enjoy I enjoy just being around creative people. And that can be in yep. – a, a classroom that can be working for a large corporation or client, or that could be with some, someone that you just met on the road and traveling cross country. So I think they both have their advantages, but yeah, I dig my personal projects because there's no, no one's dictating them. You know, we don't have to put a brand logo or, or watermark, or we don't have to include people that we don't get along with. It's very genuine and authentic and, and yeah, then then that's more of an art project or or an expressive piece. Yep. Now, and I again, like I, I really just to kind of wrap up. I, I you're like really inspiring to me because I, I think that you you project like this positive go get it, and that sounds corny as shit. But that like that you know what I'm saying? Like, but it, like you like I think you have like this really honest drive about you. And you can just tell that you love what you're doing. And like, I think that that's, you know, again, in the world now, I'm not even just in the world now, like in general, just even if we weren't in COVID, that is inspiring as shit. And like that, that projection of just, I love what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. You can do this. It would be different for you, but like you can do this kind of thing. And I just think that there's the more that we have of people like you in the world, the better, because I, I think that it, it, it just, it's important. I think it's, it, you know, it, trust me, I know it kind of sometimes sucks being a teacher because it's hard as fuck. Um, but people like you in the classroom is it, it's important. So. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yep. Wow. That was some, some very <laughs> kind words. Um, yeah, I just think it's important to dream, set goals, or let your mind wander. Yep. Imagine that you're the only human being on the planet. What would you do? Where would you go? Who would you be? Yep. And so I've always kind of had that thought. Um, the neighborhood I grew up in was on the other side of the tracks, and it was very isolated. So I had a lot of time by myself, and I had a lot of time by myself hunting and fishing with my dad and, and spending time in Hawaii. So... I guess I've just found this sense of peace at a very, very young age. And I think that's something important to, to investigate if you haven't found it already. So I guess that's my words of wisdom is find peace within and, mm-hmm. and, it, and imagine that there is no tomorrow. Um, seize the day and, and make your time valuable, really. That is a great fucking ending. <laughs> I'm seriously that no, like that's I that's that's great. So thank you, dude. Like I, I really truly appreciate you coming on. Um and look forward to like look forward to chatting more uh in the future. So all right, well be well and like I said, shoot me a text or um email about music if if you want and um um and like I said, it'll probably be a couple of weeks because it, it we we're we're backed up a little bit, but in a good way. So, um, okay, so, cool, sounds great. Yeah, right. it's been an absolute pleasure yeah, and man. awesome to meet you and interact. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, be well. All right, cool, take care now. Later. Thanks again to Dean for jumping on the podcast with me today. Uh, really, such an incredible dude. So many things that he is doing. Uh, they're so positive, uh, just a really great influence. Again, make sure to follow him on Instagram at Dean Dickinson underscore. That's D E A N D I C K I N S O N underscore. Also again, wanted to give a huge shout out to his buddy, Kyle Shutt for providing today's music and you can follow him on Instagram at Kyle Shutt, K Y L E S H U T T. Make sure again to listen to our upcoming podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. Follow us on, follow us at 
the abstractdoctors.com and social media under the abstract doctors and one man's ethos podcast with tony mandrich which you can follow on instagram on one man's ethos and also check out tony's art at tonymandrich.com you can also follow him on instagram at tony mandrich thank you for listening to the abstract athlete podcast stop by our website theabstractathlete.com and social media outlets for future events pop-up exhibits podcasts and other information including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes see you next time when we talk with entrepreneur activist and former ohio university and new york jet football player gerald moore thanks as always and do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind stay well out there